Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. God, we praise you for all that you're doing in us and through us. God, we praise you for the journey that you've had us on, God. We praise you for the struggles we've had in the past, God. We praise you that you're taking those things and using them for your glory. God, I ask that you would speak to us now. God, that you would solidify, that you would establish, that you would establish your word within us. God, you would transform us to make us more like you so we can live for you. God, I pray that you would take these words, God, and you would use them. God, that you would speak, that we would have ears to hear and hearts that are soft. God, change us. Draw us close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a last message in the Root series, and uh, I've really enjoyed sharing this with you. And so let me recap where we've been, and now we're going to look at where we're going today. We start out with saying that Christianity is more than just a belief system. It's more than just believing that God exists. It's believing God, which is completely different than any other religion. Because it's not a religion. It's a way. Ah, how about that? It was working though, wasn't it? Now it is. Ha! So Christianity is about believing God, and in believing God, we live out this walk. It's about following Him. Paul said to the Colossians, Therefore, as you have received Christ, received meaning putting your hope and your trust in Him as your Lord and Savior, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted, built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We spent a few weeks looking at this passage in Jeremiah of what it looks like to trust God. Because if we're going to follow him, we need to first trust him. And then when we trust him, that changes who we are. We saw that there's two ways of living. There's two ways of walking. There's two ways of existing. And one way, we put our trust in man and we follow the ways of man and we rely on, the, on our own flesh and our own strength. And Jeremiah likens this unto a shrub. He says, he is like a shrub in the desert and he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. And I feel like that illustration perfectly describes what it's like to be struggling in the world. What it's like to only have your own strength and your own self. To be spiritually, not just parched, but to be spiritually dead and struggling. But the prophet speaks of another way a better way, a different way, and in this way, it's one in which we trust in the Lord rather than our own strength. 
It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green, and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. We've discussed how God brings us from being in a place in the wilderness to bringing us by the stream. We've seen that it's by grace, through faith, that God uproots us and transforms us and makes us a tree. We have seen that God uses Christian community to help uproot us and bring us along the way. And last week we saw this, that we are no longer that shrub, that we are a new creation in Christ. We are Christians, and to be a Christian is to be an ambassador that he's making his appeal through us to be reconciled with God. So here we are. We know who we are. Who are we? Christians, children, ambassadors. There's over 300 sayings of who we are. But the key thing is we're his ambassadors. So now we're left with the question, how do we live it out? How do we live as ambassadors? And why is it important? Jason showed us this rope. I'm going to get this rope because I feel like this is the perfect illustration here. I love how God does this. This is our life. This is how much we have here. And for some of us, it's less. Because you never know. You never know. And so I want us to think about how we're using this and talk about how we can live as God's ambassador. Because why? Because how we live in the blue affects how other people live in the brown. All of this is eternity. And far too many people in our lives, in our world, around us, they're not only living in the desert now, they're going to live in the desert for eternity, separated from God. But God has called us to live as his ambassadors so that they can spend their eternity with him. Amen? Amen. But how do we do that? Because this is hard. Because when we look at this idea of what being an ambassador is, An ambassador is a representative. An ambassador is employed by a ruler to go forth and to represent that ruler. Not just in word, but in action and in character. So we have this calling on our lives where Jesus is calling us to represent him, to become like him, to be filled with his words, to do his works that he's prepared beforehand that we might walk in them. So he's calling us to be rescuers, to go back from the stream and into the wilderness and grab hold of those who are perishing there so that they too might be planted by the stream. 
But the key to this, well, there's several keys we'll see today. How do we do this? How do we live as his ambassadors? How do I have the character of Christ formed in me? How do I have the works of Christ done through me? How do I live for him? And you know what it starts with? It's the same thing that made us a tree and not a shrub. It starts with that T word. Trust. It's by faith through grace that God makes us a tree. It is by faith through God's grace and the empowerment, watch this, of the Holy Spirit that we can actually live as his ambassador. It's not our own strength. It's none of us and all of him. Let me show you in the same illustration we've been looking at. If you look at the shrub versus the tree, what's the primary difference between the shrub and the tree? The tree does what in God? It, T word. It trusts God. And in trusting God, it's rooted by the stream. The stream flows through the tree and produces what? Fruit. In the shrub, is there a stream? No. Is there any fruit? No. We're in Jeremiah 17, the same place we've been. So we have the thing that produces the fruit is the, the stream through the tree. Now watch this now. Watch this now. What's the fruit? Think through your Bible knowledge. What's the fruit? I'll give you a hint. It's in Galatians. Say it again. Say it out loud. Nice. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know what that sounds like to me? That's the character of Christ. If we're going to go and represent him and be his ambassador, we need within us the character of Christ. And the character of Christ is the fruit of the what? The fruit of the flesh? No, the fruit of the Spirit. So in this illustration, we have the tree planted by the stream. It sends out its roots, and the water goes from the stream up and through and into making the fruit. When you cut open a piece of fruit, there's two parts. You have the yummy, fleshy part, which is the character of Christ, and you have the seed on the inside, which is what we know from this parable of the sower. The Word of God. If we're going to be God's ambassadors, not only do we need the character of Christ, but we need the Word, the message of Christ. Because the ambassador goes and speaks on behalf and acts on behalf and accomplishes the mission thereof, the ruler, the king, the rescue mission. And the key to making the fruit, is it our flesh? No, 
It's the spirit. Do you know that in a tree, that if you cut open a tree, the wood part on the inside, the technical name for that is xylem. Xylem are these little cells within plants in trees that conduct water. The cells that conduct the water in the tree, when they're mature, they're dead. Now, this is important. They're like straws. They're conduits. You see, when we have this mission where God's calling us to be his ambassador, we cannot do it in our own strength. Impossible. It's his work, not ours. It's his ways, not ours. It's his wisdom, not ours. He works through us. Paul in Galatians chapter 3, chapter 2, sorry, verse 20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Those conducting cells within the tree, they're dead. Think about that. They're a conduit for the water. And what we said, 10,000 gallons of water per growing season go through a tree. Woo! That's a lot of Holy Ghost power. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, why is he saying this? This is important. You need to know the context of who he's talking to because that's the, there's power in that. Listen, whenever you study the Bible, let me pause, always study the context because when we study the context, what was going on at the time it was written, we actually figure out what God said then and now we can figure out what he's saying now to us. Amen? Really important. He was writing this letter to a group of churches in a region called Galatia. It was in Asia Minor. And at the time, there were two factions, two groups of Christians that were distorting the gospel. They were distorting the truth that it's all of him and none of us. Now, the first group was called the legalists or the Judaizers. They were the ones who came out of Judaism and became Christians, but they were trying to impose religiosity on Christians and saying, okay, to be a Christian, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to get circumcised. They were setting up this rule system that they needed to follow. And they believed that that rule system, that following the law would make them right with God, which was negating the work that Christ did on the cross because Christ reconciles us to God, not obedience to the law. Obedience to the law comes out of Christ being formed in us. Following me? They had it flipped. And so what they were doing is they were making this whole idea of being an ambassador based on our own strength and our own ability to follow a religion. So they, they, they were like modern day fundamentalists. And I don't want to 
you know, offend, because I know some great fundamentalists, but they, they took it too far, and it, and it became just about, like, what you can't do. And they, they were so focused on these rule systems. And so, and the reason why they were doing that at this time, they were afraid of persecution. Because Christians who weren't still practicing Judaism were being killed. So really, they were compromising. They were selling out. Now, this other group that was living at the time, they were called the antinomians. They were the ones who were against any law. They were saying that, hey, you know what? Jesus died for my sins, so I can live however I want. So they were saying, basically, that's the gospel. That it doesn't matter how you live. That... But that doesn't make sense because if God's calling us to be ambassadors, to be on this rescue mission, but we're becoming exactly like the ones that God's calling us to rescue, what does it do? It compromises our testimony. In the nation of Israel, that's what happened to them, that God delivered them from slavery, took them out of the wilderness, brought them into the promised land, gave them a mission to do, said that you're going to be a light to the Gentiles, you're going to be a light to the nations, but... Don't become like them, because if you do, I can't use you. And if, if you do, then you're going to be exiled from this mission. And that's what happened. And so you have these two groups, and both of them were saying that it depends on our own ability to live out this mission of the ambassador. But Paul is saying this in Galatians. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But it's not what you do in the flesh that makes you an ambassador. You have to die to yourself. You have to pick up your cross and follow him and die to yourself and learn a new way. It's not the way of the world. It's not a way of making the gospel more palatable so people can commit their life to Christ because then that's not the gospel anymore. It's not works plus grace because that's not the gospel anymore. He's saying this. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Now, this word walk, this is a power-packed word once you get what this word actually means. The Greek word is peripateo. And it creates this image when you, when you understand the context and how that word was used at the time. At the time, there were teachers such as Aristotle and other Greek philosophers and even Jewish teachers as well who would walk around throughout town and their students would swarm and walk with them. And as they went through life together, the student would ask questions to and listen to the teachings of and learn the ways of their teacher. Follow me now? Remember Paul in Colossians says, walk in him? Okay, Christianity is a walk. It's a path. It's a following. Walking in the spirit. Peripateo. It's like us spending our time relearning how to live, relearning who we are, feeling ourselves with the word of God, having his character formed in us, being a student, and allowing the Holy Spirit and God's word to teach us. Tracking with me? Because when we do this, it produces us in us the fruit of the Spirit. When we don't do that, when we just go gung-ho into the world and don't peripatate, walk around, walk by the Spirit, 
then we do the works of the flesh. Let me read this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, the ones who were the the legalists were afraid that, well, if we don't have these really strict rules, then aren't people just going to live however they want? Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. If God wants you to be an ambassador, the worst thing you can do is go back to be living like a shrub and go back to all those things that you struggled with while you were in the desert. But if you are led by the Spirit, if you peripetate, if you walk around and you learn from Him and you allow Him to lead you and to show you the works that He's prepared beforehand that you might walk in them, okay, because you know what? God has given us all things for life and godliness through the Holy Spirit. And the good work that he's begun in you, he will uh, bring to completion. But the key and the timeline and how that manifests into fruit and in our ability to be ambassador is based on whether we're peripatating, whether we're being led by him. says that if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Now as I read through these works of the flesh, this, isn't, this is not exhaustive. These were the things that these two groups were struggling with. Okay? You had the antinomians, the ones who were just going all out in the world and living however they want, and then you had the legalists. Now think about it. If you're a legalist and you think you have the right way of doing it, it's like, oh, you know what? It's only the King James, right? It's only, you know, it's only this way or it's only this way. That creates pride. That's not being teachable. That's not peripatating. That's not walking around as a student, as a learner. That's saying, I know how to do this thing. And if you're not doing it my way, then you're doing it wrong. And maybe, maybe you're not a Christian if you're not doing it my way. And on the other side, if you're living gangbusters in the world, right, then all those things that, you know, yeah, let me read them. Now the works of the flesh are evident. This is, uh, this is, this is what we do. Apart from God, we're depraved. The Bible says total depravity, right? Our flesh is wicked apart from God. It's only by God's grace that we can represent him. I know that's harsh and hard, but that's true. Apart from him, it says we're like a worm. Okay? And this is what, if we didn't have God's grace in our life, we'd be gangbusters in all these things. And if you have, you know, most of us have testimonies of how we once were. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. That's the word porneia. So let that sink in. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Hmm, sorcery. That sounds like, well, maybe that doesn't apply. You know what that word is, actually, in the, in the Greek? It's pharmakia, pharmacy. It's actually the misuse and abuse of drugs to, to bring about attended, intended consequences. And they thought there was magic in the drugs back then, but, well... 
I think it's both and, because there's a spiritual component to drug abuse as well as a chemical component to drug abuse. Enmity. That's that pride stuff. I know the way to do this. Strife. Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalries. Dissensions. Divisions. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. And things like these. Now, if you look at these, the list of these things, are these anything like Jesus? No, not at all. So if we want to represent him as an ambassador, and this is what we, we are doing, what is it saying about Jesus? Is that his character? Is that his way? If we're trying to get people to walk in his way, is that his way? No, that's the way of the flesh. That's the way of destruction. That's the way of going to hell. He says that I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things and the word doing here is this perpetual doing. This is a practice of. This is your lifestyle of. Do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's scary. But that's real. You know what? Let's get real. There are people in our lives that are going to go to hell. Because they have not, they don't have a savior yet. And they're doing these things because they haven't been changed by him yet. But the fruit of the spirit, and this is the but, whenever this is the, this is the good part, right? But, but there's another way. And this is the way to have his character formed in you. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the character of Christ. This is the character in Christ that's formed in us as the stream flows through us and we die to ourselves and live for him. You hear that? Amen? We die to ourselves and live to him. And why do we do that? So that others might live. And Galatians 6, verse 6, it says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. The one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. There's this principle of sowing and reaping here. What does it mean to sow? Shout it out. What is sowing? Plant. But what do you have to do when you plant? Cultivate. Break up the ground fertilize the ground. If it's still too cold outside, you take the seeds and you start to sprout them in your house, right? Root them, right? You, 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 you set up an environment where the seeds can bear fruit, where the seeds can grow into a plant and flourish. Sowing is the environment that we're creating within us and around us so that we can be an ambassador. 
far too often we set ourselves up to fail so that we cannot live as his ambassador. We fill our minds and we set our minds on the things of this world and on the things of the flesh and it feeds it. And it makes that ground hard and fallow like the salt land and the uninhabited places where no seed can grow. And we make that choice moment by moment, day by day, rather than peripatating, rather than walking and following the Spirit and listening and learning and being transformed and formed into Him, we walk away and we pretend He's not there. And we do our own thing and then we come back later and say, okay, now I'm ready. Will you teach me now? And then he teaches us one thing, and then we walk away. And we live our own way. And then we come back a week later, and we say, okay, now teach me now. And when we live a lifestyle like that, we don't get the word inside of us. We need the seed to sow the harvest. Without the seed, there's no harvest. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. The word of God is effectual. We don't have to compromise the gospel. We don't have to make it tasty. And we don't have to make it harder than it is. We have to give the true gospel for what it is. We cannot compromise that. And the only way we won't compromise it is if we peripatate. If we walk and we listen and we learn and we fill ourselves with the seed of his word. And we keep our hearts soft by staying out of the world. Not walking away and doing our own thing, but walking around him discipling from him, learning from him. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's going to bring to remembrance all things. He teaches us. Now, that doesn't mean we can do it alone because the beautiful picture of the, the peripatates, they were in a group and they walked together and they learned from each other as they learned from their teacher. And in, in that place, you get formed. And as you sow the ground and keep an environment where you can be formed in the character of Christ, to be filled with the word of Christ, to know how to do the works of Christ, then the spirit, not the flesh, the spirit reaps an eternal harvest. The eternal harvest isn't just in us. It's in the people around us. Because when you say harvest, that's a whole field of people who are coming to know the Lord. Do you want to be used by God? Be an ambassador. That means trust him that it's all him and none of us. That means follow him to learn his way and be filled with his word. And that means sowing to keep the environment so that we can keep learning how to be an ambassador so that the water can flow in us and through us to produce fruit that we can give away to get the people out of the wilderness by the stream. That's our calling as a Christian. That's what it means to live the life of a Christian. That's what we do in the blue. That's what we do in the blue. Why? Because eternity is at stake for people in our lives. Okay? If your neighbor's house was burning down, literally, if it was burning down, what would be the loving thing to do? 
Would it be to stay in your house and peek out the window and say, oh, that's such a shame. Oh, you know, I don't want to scare them. And what if they get offended? I tell them the house is on fire. No, you pick up your phone, you dial. As you're dialing, you walk. You walk out of your house to your neighbor's house and you bang on the door. If they don't answer and they don't open the door, you knock down the door, you go in the house. If they're still conscious and don't want to come, you grab them, you throw them over your shoulders and you walk out of the house with them. You drag them out of the house because they don't know about where they're going to spend this. And they don't know that it's their own flesh that's keeping them in the wilderness. And they don't know that there's nothing they can do in their own strength to get out of the desert. It's only by grace through faith that you go from the wilderness to the stream. And it's only by grace through faith that you live as an ambassador. And that's the calling that we have as Christians. And what an awesome calling it is. That's the life that he's calling us to. And the best way to do it and start doing it to start peripatating is in small little communities. And so this is Life Group Sunday. After this service, we have tables outside in the lobby for life groups, to sign up for a life group. A life group is a small group of people that learn how to follow Jesus together. They share life together. They meet once a week, and you have food, and you talk, and you, you talk about the message from the last Sunday. You talk about what's going on in life. You pray for each other. You do things even outside of that. And it's in that context that God forms us. He's designed us to be in community. Raise your hand if you're not in a life group yet. No judgment, because some of you, a lot of you are still kind of new. Okay? So I want you to pray and see if God will lead you, and I, I hope he does, because I feel like this is really important, to be in one of these life groups. There's life groups in almost every town around here. So I would encourage you to find one in the town you're in and give it a try because it's life-giving. It's awesome. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's stand. I have an idea. Think of one person that needs to be rescued. Okay? Put them in your mind. One person that needs to be rescued for Jesus. And let's lift up our hands to God, all of us, and let's pray. God, we pray for our person. God, we pray that you would give us an opportunity to share the gospel with them. We pray that your spirit would wake them up from death to life on the inside so that they might respond to your word so that they might go from the wilderness to the stream. I pray, God, that you would continue to make us more like Jesus so that we can be a rescuer. God, so that we can live out this calling that you have for us. God, I pray that you would help us to put to death the deeds of the flesh, to starve it. God, to stop walking around in the world and start walking around by you, listening to you, learning from you. And abandon our old ways, because those ways lead to death, and your way leads to life. God, we thank you. We trust you with this person. God, I pray that you would remind us to keep praying for them, and I pray that we would look for opportunities to share with them. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 